the city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. There's something strange in your neighborhood. Ron and Anian. Now they're really getting hardcore, right? They're turning on multiple lights, flashing lights, and they're creating a condition that you're uncomfortable driving the car. But rightfully so. The Car Doctor. Ask the kid today if they've ever dimmed the headlights from their left foot and they look at you and get three heads. Well, ask a kid, tell a kid today you're going to get your tires rotated and they say, don't you do that when you drive the car? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian. The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, it's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Here's Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome back. Hello. Yeah, hello. Start your engines. Welcome back. Got to be one or the other. Uh, I always know when it's, when it's Halloween because Tom loves that open. Um, and he does such a good job with it. Uh, each and every year. Um, don't you, Tom? I was working in the lab. one light when my eyes beheld sight. Want to start off? From his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise. Now, was that last year? Was that last year's edition? Oh, no, no, no. We've been uh, using that uh, bump uh, on and off uh, yeah. for a oh. Below these six years or five years or whatever it is. Seems like a lot longer than that. Um, yeah, especially when I have to sit here and look at you. Well, yeah, but uh, that's a mirror. You're just confused. Um, gee, how long has it been? I was reading the other day. You know, they say never believe your clippings, but it's been 27 years. Uh, that and it's been, uh, it's been what, tonight since uh, January of 2013 that we took it uh, independent. Well, you know what's really interesting, and I... I, I I failed to mention this this year, but I, it kind of slipped by me. October 3rd, 1998, was the beginning of the run um, here in New York after WFAS. It was the beginning of the big run, as I think of it, at WOR. Uh, it's mm. 20 years. Interesting. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's 20 years. It's just like, wow. Uh, so what you're saying is you're a Halloween baby. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm a Halloween baby. That's... I don't know if that's, that's, I'm an August baby, but I'm a Halloween radio shower. Um, anyway, this is the Car Doctor. I am Ron Ananian. I need a talk show. Listen, why can't we get rid of some of those midday talk shows? And I'll just do a midday talk show. We'll talk about I hear they have an opening at NBC uh, in the morning for the Today Show. Yeah, well, I could do that easy. So, And I could, too. Um, listen, when, excuse me a minute, folks. When we were at OR together, right? Remember when I did... I did the one week I went in and I did, oh, oh, gosh, what was his name? Who was John Gambling's sidekick? Uh, Joe Bartlett, George Mead. George Mead. Yes. George Mead and I did the morning show oh, for, for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> uh, they still won't let me near the newsroom. I uh, don't blame them. You know, I don't know if you I don't know if you remember the story, but uh, I can't. Who was the woman newscaster? She was a sweet lady. Uh, Shelly Strickler? No. Um, um, 
uh, yeah. Oh, looked, Lord. There were, it, there were several, and I can't yeah, think of who. She was, she was a cute, funny little thing, and it was just it was hysterical. And one day she was sitting there. I didn't realize they sit in the uh, they sit in the room with you when they're doing the news. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I started talking to her in the middle of the newscast, and she's kind of giving me that look like, don't say anything, I'm doing the news. I'm like, you know, well, listen, what do you think about that story? Like, do you really think that makes sense? Do you really think that's possible? She's like, Ron, do you want to do the news? Sure, I'll do the news. And I read the news. <laughs> And now we know why right. we don't let you near real radio studios. Right. It was, you know, but we had a great time. I had George in stitches. George was laughing so hard he had oh, tears rolling. Yeah, he had tears rolling down his face. <laughs> but it was like, you know, it was just, you know, it was just like you look at some of this stuff today. You can't even read the news half the time anymore. But actually, who wants to read the news half the time anymore? Well, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. That's why we try to keep it light and airy here on the Car Doctor because that's what this radio show is about. And if you got a car problem, if you've got an issue, and your car's got a uh, Got something going on, and, um, you know, give us a call. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to put my, I hate to say it, but it's been 43 years now fixing cars. I'm going to put all that to, uh, I've probably forgotten uh, more than I remember at this point in the game. So, uh, you know, we're going to try and uh, put that to good use for you. Um, the phone number here is 855-560-9900. The website's cardoctorshow.com. You can also find us out on Facebook, Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor. We are live here in studio Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. If you call that 855-560-9900 phone number and, uh, we're not live, then uh, leave a message. Tom Ray, Executive Chief Cook and Bottle Washer, uh, will put you in the queue for the next live broadcast, Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m., which you can call the toll-free number anytime. Uh, you can call it during live show hours um, you know, and uh, ask your question, even though we may not be on in your neck of the woods on your particular affiliate or podcast device. Let's get on over and talk to Bill, who's waiting there very, very patiently, Sussex County, New Jersey, with some tire questions. Bill, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. Thank uh, you for waiting, Bill. You're welcome. You're welcome, sir. Happy Halloween, almost. Yes, sir. And, uh, almost. A long-time listener from WTBQ country. Oh, geez. Okay, um, I'm sure. I'm looking for yeah. a tire recommendation, and I have a TPMS question. Okay. I'm going to be shopping for a set of tires to replace the ones that have provided me with almost 75,000 miles, which is pretty good longevity. Yeah. And I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on uh, what's out there that uh, could help me uh, provide that kind of longevity. Well, the 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 first comment I always have is if you got seventy five thousand miles out of whatever is on the that's on the car, and you notice I'm not even asking you what's on the car, I would probably put those right back on if I could still get them. Chances are you can't. The, the car is eight years old, and that particular model tire is probably no longer available. So now I'll ask the question: What brand tire is on the car right now? They were Mitch Michelin Defenders, which were the third set of tires on the car. Okay, but you got 75,000 miles out of them. Yes, I did. Okay, then I the Michelin Defender, to my knowledge, is still out there. I believe now it might be a Michelin Defender LTX or some such designation, and I'd probably go right back to that. I really would. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't hesitate. Um, if, if the price is a little hard to swallow... I have is at 180,000 miles... The TPM the TPMS light goes on after about 45 minutes of driving. I'm assuming that they're battery operated, and would would that be a good time to replace the TPMS sensors? Well, it, it, yes, okay, because they're eight years old. But before we just blindly do that, you know, is the light coming on and flashing, or is it coming on and staying on solid? It comes on and stays on solid after about 45 minutes of driving. Okay. See, if it comes on and stays on solid, that sounds like a low tire. And you're going to tell me that all the tires have good pressure, right? 
Yes, yeah. they do. And then, you know, after I park the car overnight, the light does not come on again. It doesn't come on until about another 45 minutes of driving. Right. So, you know, if tall tire pressures are good before I started to replace those tires, I would have the mechanic take a TPMS tool and read each sensor just to see, does each sensor read? And I would also just take a scan tool, and I would just do a quick scan for any TPMS fault. If there's no faults and all the sensors read, I think at this point, if we're either going to do one of two things, we're either going to put four sensors in it and call it a day. It sounds like it's a higher mileage, older car. Sensors are cheap enough. Um, there's going to be little or no labor involved once you once you go to you know once the tires are down and out the tires are off the car at that point uh, you know at that stage then yeah put four sensors in it and drive it another two hundred thousand miles uh, you know if that's what you've got on it but I would also just be aware you know do we have a fault somewhere else there there are no you know besides TPMS sensors. Short of actual module failure, there's just not a lot of other things that go wrong with those systems. So, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, you've got some sort of a sensor fault. This should not be, Hondas don't, to my knowledge, no Honda is a five-tire system. I've never seen, kind of think about that statement. I don't think I've ever seen a Honda with five tires, meaning the spare has a sensor. Uh, that is generally a Toyota-only thing. But just for giggles, just to make sure I'm not missing something, I would also I would normally check the the uh, spare tire itself, make sure there's no sensor there that's somehow uh, affecting what you're seeing. So um, that's that a good it? point because the spare tire is tucked away under a pile of junk, and I haven't looked at it in about four years. Right. You know. So just always always think about the spare. And going back to, I was just going to comment before you know, and look at the price of the Michelin's. You know, Michelin's a good tire. General's a good tire. Cooper's a good tire. I like Goodyear. I think Goodyear's a good tire. I think they've got some premature wear issues. Uh, Continental's come a long way. It's about bang for the buck, but it's also about ride quality, and it's also about safety and traction. I think Michelin makes a good tire. I don't think they're for every vehicle. I don't think they're for everybody in terms of where they go and how they drive. But the fact is, if you've got 75,000 miles out of them, you know, you gotta, you got the, the, the proof's in the pudding. Um, you've got to you've got to sort of look at it from that perspective. All right, sir. Thank you for the call. Keep you're, up the good work. You're very welcome, sir. You take good care. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming back right after this. It's the little old lady from Pasadena. He drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Here's Ron. Hey, look at this. Coming up there from WQTK country up in Ontario, Canada. Luke, 01 yes, Sonoma. Sir. Yes, sir. How are you today? What's going on? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I thought I'd, uh, you know, touch base with you. I recently completed um, an engine swap in my 2001 Sonoma. Okay. Step side. Right. Put an LS motor in in the 4L60E uh, tranny. And uh, I've got a couple of issues. Well, basically, uh, what I've got is a flashing ABS brake light. On the instrument cluster, okay, and it's intermittent, and uh, I get a couple of checks. We took the uh, took the scan tool, and I got a couple of co codes: uh, C zero two three five and C zero two three seven. If my memory serves me right, okay. Um, I also did uh, a couple of connective checks on the ABS module, but other than that, I haven't taken to the I haven't taken it to the next step, so 
I wanted to get your input as to the possibilities of um, of what could be happening. Um, let me let me ask you this: the the what did you say two three five and two three seven? Yeah. Okay. Does the speedometer work? The, speed, the speedometer works. However, there is a, a about a fifteen to twenty percent differential. Right. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, the the truck does not. It has it has um, ABS sensors, uh, wheel sensors on the front, but they're drum on the back, so there's no rear wheel sensors, which kind of, if you look at those codes. They refer to the rear wheel code uh, uh, matrix. Well, because if you look at those codes, what they're what they're looking at is they're tying they're tying um, uh, uh, vehicle speed through those. So they're you know vehicle speed needs to be accurate in order for this system to work properly. Uh, Correct. If, if 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 I recall, so the question becomes: before I try to tackle the ABS, how do we get the speedometer to read accurately? Because th- okay. think about it, the computer is going to see. Think of it like this: think there's think there's three speed sensors in this vehicle, all right? And I th- sort of think there is one in the rear differential, but I think it's mounted on the housing. But I could be wrong, and it depends upon the option codes. And if you're Canada, the you know all bets are off because anything could go that way. That yeah, I, I've just seen strange things go to Canada versus the U.S. And you know, so let's just deal with what we know. You've got three speed sensors. Let's agree on that. You've got a left front speed sensor, a right front speed sensor, and you've got something in the trans, right? Yes, there is. There is a speed sensor in the training, but so, not on the rear end, though. Right. Okay. So, so the two front speed sensors are reporting their mileage, right? But yeah. the trans is reporting something different. So the okay. the computer's looking at that and it's scratching its head and it's saying, "Wait a minute, somebody's lying." And that's likely why you're getting the 235 and the 237. So before gotcha. I, before I went too far, I'd figure out how do I how do I program this to you know get everything to read correctly. You know, do you are, are you using a tuner of any kind? I have a good friend of mine. He has a the HP tuner software uh, platform. Uh, we haven't got to that stage yet, but we're going to get plugged in, and then we'll see if we can. Um, Adjust if it's possible, uh, depending on this version of software, uh, to uh, to eliminate that differential. Right, you know, because I, I sort of think that's where you're at. And if it turns out that his can't do it, take a look at the stuff from Superchips, Superchips.com, and take right. a look at take a look at their tuners. I've used them in the past. I used them on my 2008 plow truck. Worked really well. Um, they give you a lot of options. They do a lot of custom tuning. They'll they'll talk to you on the phone. Good tech support, and obviously you can find them online at superchips.com. But you know, I think that's I think that's where you're at. Uh, you know that that speedo's got to be accurate, and then you've also got to be able to program in and take into account did you change tire size at all? Um, yes, the tire uh, size has well, it, it did. It has not changed, but it's different than it. It was from the motor that I was well, the motor and transmission. I, I pulled motor and transmission out from the Silverado. Right. So it, it had a different uh, tire size. And, uh, as, as, as long as the tuner gives you the ability to account for tire size, regardless of where they came from, we just we okay. just we just went through a debacle 
one of the neighborhood shops around us was putting a supercharger on a Ford F-150, one of the big yellow, we called it the Tonka truck, because it looked like a kid's Tonka truck. And um, okay. uh, they went round and round and round, and we had to do some programming for them, and they brought it over. They wanted us to put the, the stock Ford Flashback in it. And, you know, in doing so, I noticed that after I did the Ford Flash, then they gave me their, their tuner, and I think it was an HP tuner, as a matter of fact. And the HP tuner kept saying that, you know, even though the truck had 35s on it, the tuner was programming and setting it up for 32s. Uh. And I kept saying, you know, we're setting this code for torque calculation, and tire size is going to affect gear ratio, and gear ratio is obviously going to affect, you know, torque calculation. And I think this is your problem. They ended up taking it down to a tuner in South Jersey who was able to reprogram the whole thing. And uh, it turned out that, yeah, the tire size differential was the issue. So, yeah. you know, you got to look at the whole thing. Engineers, you know, calculate and do things the whole, you know, you got to look at everything. It's like an old school hot rod, right, Luke? That's right. We, we, we've got to look right. at everything. Gear ratio, tire size, lift yeah. of the cam, um, everything affects everything. And now we're going to look at it electronically. So just make sure whatever software you're using gives you that option. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're 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 correct though. But that's that's just my starting point right there, and yeah. I think I think that's where the the issue lies, right? Yeah. In, in that yeah. combination. Yep. I I, 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 I I believe so. I think you know if the yeah. speedometer's not accurate, um, and, and you know that's not a bad vehicle. Wait until you get into something ten years newer. Oh my gosh, drive by wire and the whole nine. It's it it drives the truck nuts if the speedometer is off by any appreciable amount. Changing tire size and and you know all the other things that affect it. Uh, you know I've seen and, and I'm amazed that the performance aftermarket has. I don't know if it's guts or nerve, but the ability they just they start they sell these kits and then they have all these problems and I watch some of the issues they have. Uh, you know where they and they don't have the tech support for it. Uh, the better companies do. The, the, the some of the others don't. And I think technology is going to be the um, it's going to be the end game uh, that puts the nail in the coffin for some of these performance companies because they just can't keep up with the technology. Um, is is my point. So, um, but yeah, well, would you, you know the, all yeah. right, sir. You know so, the old, you know the old saying, keep it simple. Right, know? keep it simple, sir. That's exactly right. Hey, Luke, when you get it done, send us some pictures. I'd love to see pictures of this and. Uh, Maybe here at Rome, we'll, we'll throw it up on our on the Facebook page. But uh, Ron at CarDoctorShow.com, and uh, keep things going up there up north. And uh, we thank you for uh, being with us all these years. Um, I'm Ron Annie, the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Don't anybody go anywhere. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter, getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. Back. Ron and Andy, the Car Doctor, here at 855-560-9900, taking your questions, and also cardoctorshow.com for podcasting. If you don't get the live broadcast, then Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor out on Facebook if you want to look us up there. Let's go over and talk to John in Wisconsin, 14 BMW. Yes, sir. How can I help you, John? Hi, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. So um, I've noticed 
every once in a while when my car is outside overnight and I start it that the um, the clock resets on it, which I presume is a battery that's kind of nearing the end of its life. As far as I know, it's still an original battery. What I was hoping to do is just replace that myself. And I was reading about some stuff online about needing to register or maybe code new batteries for BMWs. Yep. Yeah, and that's... I was wondering if, if that is a necessity. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely necessary. Um, BMW, BMW, Ford, some Hondas now, Toyota on some. Uh, they're all doing battery or requiring battery registration where once you change the battery, you've got to you know tell the vehicle, hey, we took that battery out, we put this battery in, and um, it affects how that battery gets charged. It, it, it affects um, you know uh, performance. They actually call it battery registration, and it's got to be registered with the electrical system, and you need a proper scan okay. tool in order to do it. So, you know, um, you, you could put the battery in, but then you've got to take it somewhere that they've got to register it, and I really don't know how far I'd be comfortable driving it, um, you know, with, without proper battery registration. Uh, just be sure, sure, you know, and this isn't, this is not OBD2 scan tool capability. That's, that's not what battery registration is about. This is vehicle specific year make model. So, you know, OE level type scan tool stuff. This isn't a scan tool down at your local auto parts house, um, you know, where, okay. they're read, where they're reading codes. This is something that's got to have special function capability. So just, just be aware of that. But, uh, um, you know, and, and, and I wouldn't be afraid, you know, the four years, let's see, four, it's five years old. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a battery. A battery is a good place to start, but I also would tell you to, you know, get the battery load tested, um, you know, before you sure. just replace it because uh, that's that that's the space shuttle of auto, automobiles, brother. All right, that's yeah. there's, there's there's probably 110, 115 computer modules in that car. Uh, you know, sure. it's it's um it's 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 really scary. You know, it's it's funny when I do when I when we get cars in for for service and maintenance, we'll do something called the health check depending upon which scan tool mm -hmm. we're using. One calls it a health check, one's a pre-scan registration, or, you know, they all call it something different. And you can tell how many modules are on certain cars because some cars it'll take upwards of six minutes to, to do a complete scan because it just goes right through the yeah. network. It's computer to computer to computer to computer, you know, and then it prints out six pages of no problem found, no problem found, no problem found. But just it just goes to show you the amount of technology that's in the car. Um you know, sure. And, uh, you know, it's just, but yeah, your car, uh, there's 100 modules in that car, easy. So that's, um, as a matter of fact, your car, just just for knowledge sake, BMW is yeah. is one of the few that do it. If that car ever needs a software update, have you been through the software update cycle on that vehicle yet? You know, where they actually... Uh, not that they know of. So, well, I'm you know, sure. some, sometimes you'll find that car will need software updates where they change calibrations on different files to mm. improve performance or, or, you know what? There might be a software update for the for the clock losing its setting, and it's really not the battery. Okay. All right. It's it's possible. So they'll they'll come out with a calibration. If the module where that software update is number forty two out of the hundred modules in the vehicle, it goes through. Mm -hmm. It go. It has to. It has to look at all forty one <laughs> before it flash the one into the forty second. And then look at the remaining modules up to a hundred. They don't just say, "Okay, here's the here's the one that needs to be done. Let's just do this one." They do all the modules. Okay. It could take upwards of eight hours to flash some BMWs. It's insane. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So so the amount of technology that's there, nah. You don't want to do that battery. You don't want to be responsible for it. You want to take it somewhere and let somebody with a proper scan tool do it, so you don't have any issues. 
All right. Sure. Sounds good. Well, so, thanks for your help. You're very welcome, sir. Enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah, it's the, the technology yeah, you is. You're welcome. The technology is 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 staggering. Uh, and and I got to tell you, the technology is getting addictive. You know, the new Ford Explorer. I was out. I was out last night. We wanted to go to a little Chinese restaurant we know up in uh, uh, Rockland County, New York. We don't get up there very often. And I'm driving up, and I'm thinking. Gee, where is this place? Uh, Choo Choo Sons, Cho Choo Sons, Cho Cho's, something like that. I can't, I sort of get the name. So I start talking to the navigation computer. This is like Star Trek, right? Looking for Choo Choo Sons. And it's you know, thinking, and it comes back, you know, it says, oh, Cho Cho Son, and uh, up in, uh, where the heck was it? Nanuet or Ni- Nanuet, you know? And then you hit the button start, it programs. Course laid in, where do you want to go? I'm like, whew. Um, you know, beam me up, Scotty. It's uh, tell you what, the technology is addictive. Let's get over to Al in Minnesota, 08 BMW. See what's uh, see what's going on here. Al, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. What what can I do for you? Well, thanks. Uh, I was calling about a 2008 BMW that has it's a 3.0 SI SUV type uh, vehicle, approximately uh, 103,000 miles. Okay. And uh, the issue I had was. Uh, uh, it would start fine in the morning, uh, and I just recently bought this vehicle. And after I drove it for a while, I noticed uh, I tried to start it again. It would be either a slow start, or if I drove it for longer periods, uh, no start. Okay. So that that was the problem that uh, I was experiencing. Um, why does this sound familiar? Did we talk about this already? Yeah, I think we did. And what I did is I tried to find... Uh, I'm thinking that if it was a, a, a no start later, I'm thinking, okay, the battery was draining. might have a, an electrical problem. It uh, could be a bad alternator. Uh, my research says it could have been a, a, some bad starter. I looked at the research on that, about $1,200 fix at BMW. And, uh, uh, but after it sat for an hour, I was able to start it again. Uh, so after a long period of time of trying to find the problem, I discovered that the car has an uninsulated uh, uh, engine uh, ground cable. It's a braided cable. Uh, and if you're in the Midwest or if you're in any area where there is salt or other corrosive issues. Right, it corroded away. Yeah, is, I, yeah, I kind of remember yeah, this. Yeah, the cable is exposed yeah. underneath the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, sure enough, uh, after doing my research, uh, I made a call to BMW. The part was uh, about $50, uh, and they had it in stock. So that told me, since it's an old car, uh, older car, that uh, this is probably a common problem. Yeah, well, 50 bucks. I went to a local car parts store, and they were able to give me a insulated uh, engine ground wire um, yeah, for about, I think it was about $7. Right. And uh, it took me about 45 minutes to uh, replace the old part. Uh, it was uh, a 13-millimeter bolt, bolt, I believe. There's two of them. Uh, you have to remove the uh, cover under the car, uh, and it's right there. And you'll know that it's bad if it's green. And, right. Uh, mine was very green. And once I replaced it, uh, there was absolutely no problem with starting the vehicle so it wasn't an alternator issue. It wasn't a starter issue. It wasn't a drain issue. Yeah, it's power and, and ground. The repair was uh, about an hour of my time, and uh, 
about seven hours. Yeah, it's 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 power and ground. <laughs> Listen, I had I had a customer. Oh gosh, got to be five six years ago with a uh, with a Nissan. It wouldn't start in cold weather. Fuel pump wouldn't turn on. He had a broken ground wire coming off the transmission to the engine, uh, uh, to the main cross member. He was losing ground from the engine to the, uh, to the to the body of the vehicle. It was a braided wire, sort of similar situation, held on by one braid. Uh, you know, a six seven year old Nissan customer didn't believe me. Uh, we put the ground strap on the car, fixed the car, lost the customer because he was so annoyed that he went somewhere else and had a fuel pump done. And um, you know, why didn't he come to us first? Like it was my fault. So, but it happens. Well, it happens. So, yeah. Um, and the other uh, thing I think that uh, people need to be aware of is that when these ground cables corrode, they could actually cause overcharging and could hurt other parts of the vehicle. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I would really recommend. You know, I would really recommend for anybody that's experiencing those things to check the ground engine ground cable first. And I'd even go further to say this should be a a maintenance item. So I really think that uh, at 100,000 miles on any vehicle, uh, if you're experiencing anything like it, or even if you're, you're not, it ought to be checked and replaced since it's such an inexpensive uh, replacement. Well, and, and, and I agree with you, Alan. I think I think uh, part of this comes back to, the, the I think, the better repair shops when vehicles are coming in for service and maintenance after the two, three, whatever we want to say, years old, it becomes part of a regular, you know, voltage drop ground test and battery load test and charging system test at a specific mileage and uh, time interval. And I think it's part of the process. Like you say, you get to so many miles and so, so, so many months old. Um, it's just good regular maintenance. I appreciate the call, Al. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. I'm Ron Anning, the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Let's go over and talk to Tom. Tom, how are you up there in Rutland? 2018 well, Yes, sir. How about yourself? Love oh, the show. Not bad. Thank you, sir. How can I help? Uh, Ryan, I think you covered a similar problem. I thought it was possibly a Honda. Situation with myself is on a 2018 Edge uh, 2.0 liter twin turbo. When parking in my garage, uh, with the, having had run the AC, I'm getting a stain, uh, a white cloudy stain on my garage floor. Never had experience with that of any other vehicles packed in the garage. Oh, okay, yeah, no, this was um the car I was talking about was actually a Cadillac. About uh, it's got to be about three years ago. Uh, okay. The, 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 they had bought a late model Cadillac, for, obviously from a GM dealer, from a Cadillac dealer, and when they parked it in the driveway, they would get a white stain on the black asphalt, and it was driving the guy nuts because he had just done the driveway, brand new right. asphalt driveway, was getting these white stains on it. Took it to the Caddy dealer, they couldn't figure it out. They they changed the evaporator, and you know, still had the same problem. And they went through the car, still had the same problem. I called a buddy of mine who was an engineer at GM at the time, Kenny Wasbury. We went to high school together. He was a mid-level suspension engineer. He okay. turned he turned me over to the guys, the engineer over at Cadillac, make a long story short, they ended up sending somebody out to look at the car, and they determined that the solder that was used to assemble the evaporator was of a poor quality, or it had too much rosin in it, or too much acidity in it. There was yeah. something about the solder, and when the it was combined with the water from the AC evaporator, it it, calci it created calcium, I think that was the answer, and it left a mm -hmm. white stain on the driveway. 
They okay. they had a custom build this this gentleman an evaporator for his car, and they've since issued a bulletin. Um, I should find a copy of that. I want to see if they give me credit for it. And um, uh, they've since issued a bulletin that um, all Cadillacs after that, you know, there's a, a new evaporator. If the problem happens with them, the vendor was making the evaporators wrong. Uh, I don't I don't know of one for Ford. Uh, you know, I have not seen it yet, but it, you know, it would be a conversation to have and say, "Hey, is it is it possible?" And you know, you've got to now you've got to elevate it beyond the dealership level because the dealership is only going to work within the confines of of what information they have from Ford. If you know what I'm saying, understood. So, you, you no know, known TSBs regarding that. No sir, just... no known TSBs. I would clearly register it as a complaint. And, you know, I would talk to Ford. I would write whatever letters or emails you have to and propose the problem. Listen, tell them you heard about it here. Tell them you've, you know, you heard about a similar problem here at General Motors. They'll be happy to hear about that part. And, and, you know, believe me, that that crosstown rivalry between Ford and GM still exists. Um, You know, and just, you know, mention to them, hey, is it possible the evaporator's assembled wrong, that it's incorrect solder? Can you check down to the vendor level? Listen, you know, it's, it's, these companies aren't perfect. Far from it. Uh, Right. You know, they, we put a new snowplow on the, on the, on the, the new truck this week. And, you know, the power takeoff coming off the battery is too short. It's tucked inside the bumper. I can't get the plow to reach it. Uh, And, it's it's a Western plow. It's not like it's a piece of junk. I right. called I called up Western. You know what the answer was I got? No. They said, well, you know, these trucks today are very complicated, and they're all a little different, and, you know, we can't be responsible for how they're put up, and you're going to have to really, you know. It's kind of like you're on uh, your own. And I'm like, I'm like, really? I said, if I, I said to myself, if I was, if I was a twenty fleet truck customer, I bet I wouldn't be on my own. I bet you'd custom make me a battery cable like I'm about to make, and I'll sell it on the internet. But it's ridiculous. You know, these companies are far from perfect. It's, it's interesting to see who steps up and takes the responsibility. And that's the company you want to do business with. I don't want to deal with the perfect company because that doesn't exist. Right, I agree. All right, well, sir. Good luck with that, Ron. Uh, I'll fix it. I'll, and I will talk about it up here at some point. Tom, you go call Ford. Let us know if you need any more help. I'm Ron Anini in the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back, Ron Anini the Car Doctor. A quick shout out to Walter and Michael Prestige Lexus, Ramsey, New Jersey, for taking care of my daughter Katie this week. She had a warranty issue with her Toyota, and they stepped up to the plate and. Uh, Gave her a very good introduction to dealership life and maintenance and uh, walked her through the process, and they were really good about it. Walter and Michael, thank you very much. Let's get over to Anthony in Maryland, 05 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Anthony, i got about a minute and a half. What's going on? All right, so uh, about a month and a half ago, my um, check engine light came on, and the car was running a little funny. So I, I have a cheap code reader, so I plugged it in. And it said the cylinder uh, six was misfiring. Okay. And then so I changed the spark plug and I changed the coil or boot that goes on top of it. And um, that worked for like three days. And then it started doing the same thing again. Right. And then I ended up changing the uh, fuel injector. And then it worked for like a month and a half until yesterday. And then it's still a cylinder six misfire. Again. Okay. So cylinder six misfire. So if we want to assume, which is a dangerous word, that it's not injector, that it's not ignition, if we want to start thinking, you know, in a different direction, maybe this is mechanical. Maybe this is a carbon deposit issue. 
all right, which is not uncommon. You know, I've seen I've seen some of these, you know, become a case of broken valve springs, but a broken valve spring is usually more consistent, and you'll see it on a regular basis, not every three days, every week, you know, or once every month and a half type of thing. Berryman okay. makes a product. It's called, if I'm not mistaken, it's Berryman Concentrated Intake Valve Cleaner. What I would do is I would pour it in the cylinder, bring the piston up top to where it just opens the exhaust valve, and let the puddle of detergent soak into the exhaust and intake valve carbon deposits. Let it soak overnight, flush it out, and see if it makes any difference in the way the vehicle runs. You might have to repeat the process more than once. BerrymanProducts.com. I'm Ron Annie in the car, Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. Thank you.